Does talking about money make you uncomfortable? Maybe you even thought about skipping this episode because honest conversations about finances make you want to stick your head in the sand and enter your own personal ostrich era. Girl, I feel you. But if you ever want to become financially savvy, you've got to face your money anxiety and get in the right headspace. And I've got a guest today who will help you do just that. Let's get started. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School, the podcast that gives real-life style advice to real-life women. If you're new here, welcome. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary. I'm a wardrobe stylist who's been dressing everyday women for over 20 years, and I'm the founder of Everyday Style, where we're on a mission to inspire women to love the way they look and give you the tools to make getting dressed easy. If you're a longtime listener, hey girl, happy you're back. A few months ago, I was a guest on a podcast talking about shopping and budgets and some of the big money mistakes we tend to make when it comes to our wardrobes. The conversation was so good that I asked the host, Shauna Game, if she'd be willing to flip the script and come on my show to share her expertise. And that's the conversation I'm sharing with you today. One thing I really loved about our conversation is that Shauna's approach to becoming financially healthy goes way beyond just cut out Starbucks every day, and it starts further back with our mindset about money. In our conversation, we talk about the concept of money trauma, the things we experience, especially when we're young, that alter and damage our relationships with money. And we talk about money blocks, things that are keeping us from reaching our financial goals now. We also talk about financial challenges that are unique to women and where to start taking care of our financial health, especially if we've been neglecting it a little bit. And no matter where you are in your financial journey, Shauna is a wealth of knowledge, and I am so happy to share her with you today. She was also kind enough to answer some individual questions for our Style Circle members, and those are in the Extra Credit podcast. So if you're a member, go check it out. It should be up right now. If you're not a member yet, come join us. The link is in the show notes. Let's meet today's guest. Shauna Game is an award-winning money wellness expert, host of the Everyone's Talking Money podcast with 25 million downloads, certified financial planner with an MBA. She's an entrepreneur, educator, and a certified trauma of money specialist. Her passion is helping everyone unfuck their relationships with money. Here's my conversation with Shauna. Enjoy. Hi, Shauna. Welcome to the Everyday Style School. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Jen. I am so excited to be here. I am really looking forward to talking about this subject. This is a it's an awkward subject to talk about, right? But I think one that women especially need to be more comfortable talking about. So that's what we do on the show. So let's get to it. One thing I wanted to ask you about is, first of all, how did you get to where you are? How did you end up as a financial expert? <laughs> this is a very windy road, as most stories are, right? Uh, I certainly didn't start out wanting to do this. I always had aspirations of being a performer, a musician, or an actress, or something like that. So I guess in a weird way, I've come back to you know, having a stage and, and presenting. But I started a business when I was 19 in college. It was at the time the first National Student Film Festival. And I didn't realize it then 
But I was basically uh, creating a, a toolkit of all of these different skills, learning how to present, learning how to raise money, learning how to manage a budget, uh, learning how to lead other people. And I ran that for five years and ended up selling it. And after I sold it, I was like, what am I going to do now? So I went and got an MBA and my dad had been in the financial industry his whole career. And he was like, hey, why don't you come work with me? Like, this could be fun. And so I thought, all right, why not? And so it was really great to work with people from day one who, I mean, just had a massive amount of money. And I really learned the similarities and the differences that we all have around money and how it's it's not a factor of how much money you make or how much money you have. We all struggle with a lot of the same things. Mm. And I found that, you know, really interesting and really eye-opening to learn that very early on. But basically, you know, none of my friends, even my friends who had MBAs, nobody knew anything about personal finance and so I started my podcast, Everyone's Talking Money. It was originally called Millennial Money back in 2015. And you know, here I am almost nine years later and just had no idea that that many people would tune in to hear me talk about money. But I, I try to be very uh, open, honest, and you know, share my own struggles and share my own realities around money and, and help everyone to understand that this is a journey. It's not a place that you get to. And yeah, so it's it's just become, you know, my absolute love and I've really developed a niche of helping women uh heal their relationship with money and uh, I think it's certainly something that we don't talk about enough. So I'm excited to be here and talk about it. <laughs> you know, you sound like me. Any day I get to talk about helping women love the way they look and what clothes can do, it's a good day for me and I feel like you you have the same approach like any day you get to talk to women about having a better relationship with money is a, is a good day for you. So let's talk a little bit about healing your relationship with money. Let's just dive into the heavy stuff. <laughs> One thing that you talk about is the trauma of money. What is money trauma and how do you know if you have money trauma? Well, right off the bat, I'll say that probably every single person listening right now has some form of money trauma and it's just a fact of being a human alive. And we live in a very scarcity-driven society. And we were also raised by parents or whoever raised us, very imperfect people themselves struggling with their own relationship with money. And that inherently then passes down to us and we try to figure out what we're doing. So all of us have some different level of, of trauma of money, but really is, is a psychological, emotional response to an event or an experience that is just deeply disturbing and it usually has you know effects on our money so there's there's lots of different ways this could happen again it could be from beliefs from childhood certain ways your parents did or didn't talk about money there's even things like survivor's guilt if you were in a relationship and maybe what your partner passed away and you inherited life insurance money, while that is great and amazing, it also could feel like blood money to you. And you could have a tough time spending it. You could have trauma from a relationship. Maybe one person was controlling how you saved or spent your money. Maybe you didn't feel like you could just openly talk about money. It could be all the way down to maybe you got laid off from a job or you lost a big contract if you're an entrepreneur that could cause a very traumatic experience. And, you know, trauma is stored in what's called our limbic system. 
And our limbic system is is the emotional processing center for us. And it's it's where, you know, fight or flight or freeze, those kind of emotions are stored. And so when we have money trauma that we haven't dealt with, you know, it could come out in, in what seems like very irrational ways to us, you know, with even the thought of talking about money could make us nervous and start sweating and our, our hearts start, you know, racing fast. So it's really important to to do this work and to understand, you know, what your triggers are, because ultimately I want nothing more than everyone to be able to cultivate, you know, a good relationship. Not to say that hundred percent of the time you're not going to feel stressed about money, but you know, if we can aim for like 70 to 80%, that would be fantastic. <laughs> All right. So we all have money trauma, right? And do you just know because you get that little like sinking feeling in your tummy or is it like you stop checking your bank account or you stop opening the mail? I was a big one in my early 20s when I was stressed about money, I would just not open the mail. That's a terrible strategy for anyone who's doing it. Knock it off. Nothing gets better by not opening mail. I didn't, I used to not look at my ATM receipts. Like remember when yeah. you used to go to the bank yeah. and I would get an ATM receipt and I would fold it up in like an origami shape and just shove it in my wallet. And it wasn't that, it wasn't that money was not in my bank account. It was just the emotional response that I had to looking at numbers. Yeah, It, it did something to me. And really there wasn't a big traumatic experience around it, except I grew up with um, parents, specifically my dad, who would we were very well off, but we couldn't enjoy experiences without him talking about a money component. You know, why did we spend this much on a grilled cheese sandwich when we went out to eat? Or, you know, everything had to have some sort of quip about money. And so it created this trauma in me where, gosh, I would just get so nervous and anxious around money. So yeah, you're you're dead on. It's, it's very much... Um, you know, if we're hyper focused around a specific topic around money, that's a really good clue that there's some trauma there. But also, something that we don't pay attention to when we're talking about money is what is happening in our bodies. So I often say that money trauma is—it's not just what happens to you; it's what happened inside of you. So noticing, like, oh wow, when I'm around a certain person and we're talking about money, I feel a certain way you know, and maybe I don't like that feeling or yeah, when I'm looking at my bank account balance or my paycheck is coming in or whatever it might be, I'm starting to feel emotions and feelings in my body that I know are not calming and relaxing. And so if we can find places of pause to really examine what's going on with our body, that's going to give us big clues as to, Hey, okay, there might be something here we need to, we need to work through. How do we start to unpack or deal with our money trauma? Can you give us just a couple of quick, because I, I, I have a feeling that's a really big topic and we could spend <laughs> multiple episodes on it. But if you're like, oh yeah, I don't look at the ATM receipt either. Like what's step one? What's step one to dealing with money trauma? The first step is the power of our thoughts. You know, this was really revolutionary to me uh, quite some years ago when I started to really dive into this work that we have a choice over our thoughts. We can think something good and affirming, or we can think something negative. And specifically when it comes to money, and specifically when we're talking about trauma, it's automatic that our brain goes to a place of negativity. You know, if we, if we, 
look at our ATM balance, we're going to instantly have the thought of, I'm never going to have enough money to do X, Y, and Z, or I'm a failure at money, or I can't believe I let this happen, um, you know, or I bought this, or, you know, I mean, we can just go on and on and on. So I often tell people, you know, the first thought that you have around money, that's automatic. It's, it's hard to fix that. But the second thought is something that is in our control. And so really paying attention to our thoughts, what are we thinking? And the idea that we can actually choose to see something differently. So, you know, this, this work comes up a lot when people have um, debt and there's a lot of shame and guilt and fear around debt. So I often tell people, you know, let's change the thought model around this rather than looking at the amount of money we owe and instantly thinking those feelings of shame and fear and anxiety and all of those. What if we looked at our debt differently and said, okay, I have, let's just pick $10,000 in debt. That $10,000 in debt though has allowed me to have a roof over my head and maybe I've been able to uh, start my business with that or you know, fund my child's education, whatever it might be. Let's look to something that is more affirming because when we start to change our thoughts around money, we start to change our feelings and then our feelings influence our actions. So we start to create, I call it the money pie. We start to create kind of this, this circular design where we are helping ourselves create better actions, patterns, and, and behaviors around money that are ultimately going to change the situation we're in and move us closer to the place we want to be. Another thing that I would really say is that there is really power in in knowing your numbers. And, you know, I think we're so focused on as a society, like the amount that you're saving or the amount that you have in a retirement account. And I wanted people to focus on mindfully spending the amount that you have. So focus on the spending part. Where is your money going? You know, I tell people that your money should tell the story of you, right? It should show who you are authentically as a person. So there's always going to be bills we have to pay and all of that kind of nonsense. But the rest of the money, what can we do with that money that is going to fulfill us, that is going to move us to the life we want to live. And, and that's a really good place to start, you know, overcoming some of these money blocks that you have. And when you start powerfully directing your money to the places that you want to go, you'd be surprised at how quickly you can move through some money trauma that had been just, you know, blockades for years for you. I love that. And I really love what you said just a minute ago about your first thought is just kind of automatic, but your second thought is a choice. I love that. I think that is something that can apply to any situation, but I love how it applies to money and numbers are just sort of information and you might react to them, but then, but then let's, let's choose a conscious thought. You just mentioned money blocks. What are some of the common money blocks you see women have? What are money blocks and, and what are some of the common ones? It's really fascinating our our childhood and the role that plays in our habits and our relationship with money. So between the ages of zero and seven, our neuro pathways are being formed. And that really starts to create the subconscious mind those years. They're very impactful, but it's also the time when your money habits are formed. So whatever you see, experience, or maybe don't see are creating patterns in you that you just automatically replicate as an adult. So that is a big money block, not really taking time to 
dive into your childhood, specifically those years, and think about, was there anything impactful? Or how did my parents talk about money? Or what were the beliefs? Or what did I see in society? And how do those experiences or those habits, how are they showing up in my life today? So I mentioned that story about my my dad and you know I have this terrible automatic thing where when I go to dinner it could be the most amazing dinner ever I could have the most amazing meal but the minute I walk out of the restaurant just automatically my brain goes to that was a great dinner but I can't believe we spent you know $10 on you know that that cocktail or whatever it might be I learned this as a kid and it's just feels so automatic. I literally have to tell myself before I walk out of a restaurant, you had just had a great meal. You just had a lovely experience and you do not need to have commentary about it. You know, I, I literally have to self-talk myself. So really understanding your, your childhood is um, super important. Also for women, gosh, we face, you know, a lot of things. We live longer, we start and stop our career you know, we have we have pay gap issues. Women tend to be a bit more conservative when it comes to investing. We we're not as risky as some of our male counterparts. And all of those things can create money blocks if you let them. They can um, you know, get in your way of of creating some sort of progress for your money. And, you know, it really wasn't until the 70s when women could open up their own bank account without a man or have their own credit card. So it wasn't that long ago <laughs> yeah. that you know some of these forms of money trauma for women really existed. And so, you know, we're kind of walking in the path of our, our parents and our grandparents and we still carry with us though that trauma from those generations of of having a really, you know, hard time around money and, be, and being stopped from doing the things that, you know, male counterparts were were able to to do and enjoy. So when you said that our kind of our were formed in, you know, the the zero to seven years, and that's where our money blocks come from, I just it hit me like a ton of bricks, like, oh my gosh, what have I done to my children? So <laughs> for our listeners who have children in that phase, how can we be more mindful about what we say. And for listeners who, like me, have already done the damage, how do we undo it a little bit? How can we talk to our kids about money in a healthy way? Like, what should we be modeling? That is such a great question. I think that, you know, if you, let's start with if you have kids that are a little bit older that are outside of those age, I think st the starting place is having conversations with your kids that are in a relaxed environment, in a relaxed way, but exploring, you know, the question I ask uh, people often is, how do you feel about money? So asking your kids, you know, how do you feel about money? Is there anything that makes you really stressed out or worried? Or what are the emotions that come to mind? Um, you know, what, what are the things that feel like um, they make you nervous around money? And starting to having these conversations, because I think as a parent, if you can open up the door that it's okay to talk about money and it's okay to explore your thoughts and feelings around money, that is going to be so impactful to your child no matter what age you are because you're equipping them with a skill that most adults have. You know, we we grow up in a world thinking that money is just all about the how-to 
but money is more mental than it is how to, right? So, you know, being able to explore and have these conversations is really important. And then I think if you if you have younger kids right now, just know that you're being the model for your child. So, you know, taking that that information about your thoughts and that you have a choice over your thoughts and feelings and how you express those in front of your child is really important. But I work with parents a lot where I say, you know, let's start talking to the kid about money when when they're really young and let's start trying to form some of those positive beliefs around money. And I I think by having real conversations about money and about the situation and then following it up with exploring the emotions is so critically important. I mean, my parents never did that with me at all. And, you know, most people's didn't. So I think even just having a simple conversation about the feelings and the thoughts around money goes a really long way. That is fantastic advice. And when I look back to kind of my money story, when I was very young in those early, early formative years, you know, I think my parents struggled a little bit more. They both worked, but, you know, we we lived in the same house. We always did, but money didn't flow freely, right? And then when I was, gosh, I think I was about 10. I was 10. My older sister was 11. And both of my parents lost their jobs at the same time. Oh, wow. Now, now as an adult, looking back on it, I was like, oh my God, like that would be just (laughs) devastating, right? But let's put another layer on it because my mom was also pregnant with my little sister. So she was pregnant. They both lost their jobs and they both fell up. And then our money story really changed and our family story really changed. And I would say for a lot of factors, we probably weren't as close. Uh, We were very, very independent in our teenage years. And I kind of have this thing about like the more money you have, the harder it is to keep your family really like it's a it's a weird Mm, it's it's a weird block for me about that. But we always think, oh, more money solves everything. I didn't really see that growing up sometimes quite the opposite. And so as as I've started to make more money, my husband makes more money, I go, well, what does this mean for us? Are we all going to fall apart? You know, I- <laughs> and, and that's how like ingrained it is, right? I mean, that's yeah. just, it, it's just in there. It's like, it's like automatic, you know, and you, yeah. you wonder like, does this make sense? It doesn't have to make sense. It's just what your experience was. Yeah. And I just, I saw them struggle and I saw them not struggle. And yeah, I, as an adult, I still look back on when they both lost their jobs at the same time with two preteens and a baby on the way. And I think they held it all together, though. Like we never felt that stress in that time. And I kind of use that as, as a model. Like when I'm going through something stressful, like my, my kids don't necessarily have to feel it. If my parents could not put that on us, I can I can handle putting out a capsule guide because those are my stressful <laughs> times of the year without without bringing it on my family. All right, so I want to bring it back to women a little bit because that's what we talk about here on this show, and I want to talk about women and our relationship with money and how we can become better or at least improve our relationship with money. So let's start with what are some money challenges that are unique to women? You mentioned a few that we live longer and and things like that, but what are some other women-specific money challenges we face? I think, you know, specifically it's around the pay gap discrepancies. So whether you work for a company or even if you're an entrepreneur, we all face 
you know, the discrimination around women and, you know, there's just pure fact that women tend to earn less than men. Not always, but it's usually the case. So we're already starting out behind, you know, the A-ball, if you will. And then, you know, also there are stats around, you know, married couples. If you get into, if you're lucky enough to get into the elder years because women live longer, statistically, we end up spending our savings, retirement savings, taking care of our partner in the relationship because they tend to pass away sooner than we do. And so that leaves women in a really tricky spot where we're older, we don't have a lot of money to fall back on, and statistically, we're just going to live longer. So you know, there, there are a lot of things that really impact women. Women are also more emotional feelers around money. And I think that we haven't been given the toolkit to really explore our relationship with money and, you know, the, the tools that we need to change our thinking and change our feelings and ultimately change our actions, patterns, and behaviors around money so that we can create a different outcome. I think is is really important. And, you know, just what we're doing today as women talking about money, we're taking this very taboo topic and we're talking about it in in a way we would if we were just sitting across from each other, you know, having a cup of tea or something like that. So having these conversations with women, other women, I think is is great. You know, there's a lot of movement on um, salary transparency and people openly talking about how much money they make and you know, me 15 years ago probably would have absolutely cringed at that idea. But I think that bringing money to the table and and helping it to become a topic that is okay to talk about, I think it, you know, really helps um, some of these these hurdles that that women have um, just naturally being women. So I don't want to stress any women out if they're like, oh my gosh, my husband's, you know, I'm going to spend all my money taking care of him and then I'm going to live forever and I'm going to be poor eating cat food. Um, we don't want that for women. So if a woman listening to the show is getting a little feeling in her tummy, she's got some trauma about it. Where do we start taking control of our financial health? Well, you're already doing step one by listening to this episode right now and working on your relationship with money. And the, the question that I always start with is, how does money make me feel? And I follow that up with why. You know, if money makes you stressed out, why? What's going on? What's under the under the covers, if you will, right? We're trying to get down to the foundational level to really understand what are the things that that make you feel a certain way about money? And then ultimately, what can we do to change those to be able to have a better outcome for you? So, you know, I definitely don't want you to sit there eating cat food as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, paying attention to body sensations. Are there people, are there places, are there situations or experiences that make you uh, feel certain ways about money? that create a bodily sensation that you don't enjoy. Sweating, you know, your heart racing, you, you're clenching your teeth, your shoulders are getting tense. Um, a lot of times people feel it in their knees, oddly enough. Uh, you know, are you waking up in the middle of the night stressing about money? Okay, what is that? What, you know, what is going on and what can we, what can we do about it? What are some, you know, micro changes that we can make uh, to start, start changing that? Um, but also the the practical, right? I, I always talk to people about let's do the inside work, but we also got to do the outside work. Yep. 
And, you know, that is very simplistic, knowing our numbers, you know, diving into our spending and mindfully making choices, being intentional with the money we spend. And, you know, I always ask myself, is there a better way I could I could be spending my money? You know, I, I talk to people all the time about silly, silly things, but they, they're impactful. Just um, last week, I called my cell phone carrier and I always suggest people do this at least twice a year. And I ask, hey, is there a better plan that I can move on to? And yeah, absolutely. It's a better plan. I have a family plan. It ended up saving us $75 a month for a better plan. You know, that's $75 that then I can mindfully direct somewhere else. I can put it towards my savings or maybe it goes into my fun fund or maybe it goes towards my wardrobe or, you know, whatever it might be. So that's what I, I mean about being intentional. It's not about just cutting things out. It's not about getting your life down to a bare minimum, but it's being really intentional with, with where your money is going. And then I think also, you know, coupling that with breaking some of these old, old beliefs, breaking down the the beliefs that maybe you've carried from childhood or from a relationship or that are just part of the society we live in. Um, you know, you talked about, you know, making a certain amount of money that doesn't equate to happiness, you know, so really, really thinking about some of those beliefs that are ingrained that might be causing you an additional layer of money stress or even money trauma. And, you know, the last place for women I would I would really say is knowing your worth, not being afraid to uh, shout out your skills and your talents and your abilities and come to the table with what you deserve to to get paid. Love that. Yes. So you talked a couple of times about knowing your numbers. What numbers should every woman know? <laughs> I'm always going to answer that with every number, but that's coming right. from a money expert. So, so let's say someone is currently not opening the mail and folding up the the ATM receipts. Yes. Let's give her like three numbers to know. What should she know? She should know how much money am I spending eating out? Because that's always a red flag area for people. How much am I spending on shopping? Again, another red flag area. And the third one I think is a very sneaky um, number. So we all have something that we spend money on where we tend to just say, oh, it's not a big deal because it's like, you know, two or three bucks. So whether that's our, our happy hours that we go out to, or uh, maybe you take money out of an ATM and it charges you, you know, $3 every time you take it out of that ATM, or uh, maybe those are your Uber, your Uber fees that you don't tend to count every month. So there's always a little like mysterious category. So those three categories for women in particular are really, really important. Um, and I, more than that, if we kind of pull out a little bit further, I would say, you know, it's all of the things that we spend money on that are not things that we absolutely have to pay, right? So every time you uh, you go to buy something online, for, for instance, I do something called the 24-hour pause where I'll put it in my shopping cart. I'll wait 24 hours and then I'll come back. And nine out of 10 times, I either don't want it, I don't need everything that's in the cart, or I end up buying, you know, one or two things, or I just decide, you know what, I don't need this. I don't need this, right? So creating some of these boundaries for yourself are are just, you know, it's it's not about again telling yourself that you can't buy something, but it's about being mindful and intentional with how you are actually spending your money. I also think having hobbies other than walking around Target, walking <laughs> around Target cannot be a hobby. It just yes. can't because that will be the world's most expensive hobby. There is a scientific way, yeah, that you spend so much money at Target. It's just a given. 
Yes. I mean, every Target trip is a hundred bucks. And lately, like you get one little bag and you're like, that's a hundred dollars. How, how? Yeah. How? how is it even possible? I know. How is it even possible? <laughs> but you do that, you know, a couple of times a week and there's your retirement there, you know. One question I wanted to ask you, I read this recently that Gen X women, I'm, I'm firmly in Gen X, Gen X women are the most worried about retirement and the least active in investing. Do you find that to be true? And and why do you think my people, my my women, aren't more financially savvy when it comes to an, an investing? Or maybe not. It's not a savviness issue, but I don't know. Well, why don't we do it? I think that's definitely a fact. Although I will say, every single generation is behind statistically where you should be saving for retirement. Um, you know when. Companies used to have uh, what's called defined benefit plans. They used to put money in for you. And so when you retired from that company after, say, 30 years, you had a, you know, a set amount of money that was uh, coming to you. Well, they changed all those rules in the 70s and they set up retirement plans and they put the onus on um, employees. And Gen X, I think in particular, we were of age in this time where employers were putting money towards our retirement. And then a lot of companies decided, hey, we're not going to do that anymore. And I was fully going to be on you. And so I think if we look at the the Gen Z and the millennials, they have grown up in a society around technology. Many of them have had their phones in their hands their entire time. They've had access to information, particularly around money and uh, having conversations around money. I think Gen X women ha- haven't had that privilege. Uh, we weren't taught in schools a lot of our parents didn't teach us about money. We didn't learn about it in college. We were also at the place where college started to be a lot more expensive and people started to have a lot higher uh, student loan bills that they were dealing with. So I think we just kind of got caught in this weird place um, as Gen Xers. But if we look at all the generations across the board, they're all saving below what is expected of their retirement needs. So hmm. it's pretty much a, a across the board. I've just seen a lot of kind of investment courses or experts uh, like Dow Jane is one of them that I've seen. And when you look at, when you look at their branding and their websites, it's all geared toward, you know, one was like low key investing help. And I was like, okay, that's not for my generation, right? Like all of the the branding, the language, it is definitely geared at younger women. And I was kind of like, go girls, like start now, start now. My daughter, we we hooked both of my girls up with the green light card, which I love oh, yes. for them. I, I love green light, but my older one, and I said, I will match anything you invest and she can invest in there. And, you know, she's getting like penny dividends and all that stuff, but she's really into you know, buying her stocks and watching her stocks and and all of that stuff. And I thought, I wish somebody would have done that for me when I was, she started at 13. That's amazing. And she's also been able to experience the heartbreak of the market as she's like, mom, I lost 25%. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, welcome to the club. Kid. <laughs> but I, I just think it's amazing that that women and girls are starting earlier. I and couldn't agree. My Gen X girls, we got to we got to get in there. It's it's not too late. It's never too late. And I, I wonder if that's part of it. If I think it is. We feel like, well, we don't have that many more years to work. I think it is. You know, that that's another form of, of money trauma is scarcity for sure. And then the belief that it's 
it's too late. You know, why start now? It's not going to matter. But I always tell people the day you start investing is is the best day to start investing. Yeah. What's that old quote? Like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. Exactly. Right. The same principle. Yes. So we're going to wrap up here in a minute. We're going to head over to the extra credit podcast. We have some questions from listeners, a lot about investing and college, college and college, because that seems to be on everybody's mind right now. Uh, But we're going to answer some of our individual questions over on the extra credit podcast. So if you're not a style circle member and you want to hear that, come join us. But before we wrap up, where can we find you? What do you do? How can you help us? Yeah, you can find me on Everyone's Talking Money podcast. We have over a thousand episodes, so there's certainly everything for everyone there. I also have a freebie called 10 Mindful Money Questions to Ask Yourself Right Now. And um, that link is etmpod.link slash 10 money q. I'm sure you can put that in in the show notes. We will as well. have it in the show notes. Of but course. these are great questions to kind of springboard from our conversation today to dive into your relationship with money and to help you uncover some of these blocks and um, just old habits that are getting in the way of you really stepping into the life that you want to live. Are you on socials? I'm on socials. Yes, I'm on Instagram at Shauna Game. All right. Again, links everywhere. You want to go listen to this podcast. There's an episode with me on there uh, talking about clothes and and style and, and affording all that good stuff. So go check out our podcast. It's absolutely amazing. And the last question I ask everybody, what would you like listeners to take away from this conversation? Let's think about our busy, busy, busy listener. She's maybe driving or walking, but you want to stick one thing in her head and make it last. What is it? I think I already said it, but it bears repeating. Money is more mental than it is math. So stop thinking about the math and start thinking about the mental piece. I love that. That just kind of sparked this idea. One of my business coaches, he just has like this super casual relationship with money. And I always think it's because he has a lot of it, but maybe he has a lot of it because he has this really kind of healthy, casual mindset with money. Yeah. Something to think about, friends. Something to think about. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm excited to answer some questions over an extra credit, but uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you for having me. I hope today's episode has helped you start to understand why you think about money the way you do, and maybe it helps you improve your relationship with your wallet. A big thank you to Shauna Game for being on the show. We have all of her links in the show notes, as well as a link to my episode on her podcast. And don't forget, if you're a Style Circle member, go check out the Q&A in the Extra Credit Podcast where Shauna answered your questions. I'll see you next time. And remember, your everyday matters. So get dressed for it. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening today. If you're loving the Everyday Style School podcast, I'd like to invite you to become a member of the Style Circle. It's our monthly all-access membership that gives you everything we create to make style easy so you can save time and money, have easier mornings, and more confidence all day long. You get our seasonal capsule wardrobe guides, all of the masterclasses we offer, 
and our exclusive members-only podcast, The Everyday Style School Extra Credit. Plus, you're invited to the Facebook community where you can get even more style support and inspiration. I would love to get to know you and support your style journey. It's just $19 a month, less than the cost of a clearance shirt you're never going to wear. Come join me and make your everyday style easier.